Welcome to Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. We are continuing a series we're doing on typology, and we're going to keep on going through Genesis right now. Y'all listened last time probably and heard Genesis 22, which was Abraham take, taking his promised son Isaac up on the mountain and how much that looked like a picture of Jesus as he was on the cross, really being a sacrifice for all of us. And there are just so many pieces in there that are obvious. Well, now we're going to take that a step further. We're going to keep walking from that point and watching as Abraham's life continues to show the progress of the gospel, as it were, into the world and what that means uh, for people who are who are coming after that event, even, uh, as Abraham life, Abraham's life continues. So we're going to really take a strong look at Genesis 24. I think you love this chapter a lot, don't you? I do. I really love it. And I love the way that God just can't stop telling his story. Yes. Uh, the story of redemption mm-hmm. and um, what he's doing in all of our lives. So um, this one... I did not ever know before, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, well, I think it's been this a few is one years, of those, but I yeah, just I remember the first time that I heard it this way that you kind of explained it to me and how just speechless I was, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, looking at this story, and so every time we get here, it's just the great love story mm-hmm. of um, right. Jesus and our and his bride yes us and uh, how he looks at us and mm-hmm. I don't know it's just a beautiful story so I'm excited for us to get in here today yeah it, it really is quite remarkable because when you start looking at it very with a lot of attention all of the many details of this story really kind of jump out at you and you're kind of amazed at first that it could be this detailed and you do have that moment of being like okay wait a second am i reading this into this is it right. could it really be this and some people detailed think and yeah there are those who would say <laughs> i just choose are. to see jesus i just yeah i believe it's here and uh, yeah well there are certain certain things that are in the text and certain ways it's written, I think that do give an incredible amount of foundation to stand on whenever you're going to talk about it this way. Right. And so we will talk about those. Why would it be written like this becomes our question. Right. If, if the details that are given it, yep. and the way it's told, yes. the details that are probably left out, mm-hmm. it's just... I feel like we have good reason to believe that we're supposed to see it this way. Yes, exactly. Yep. So we will begin by. We're not going to read all of chapter 24 because right. it is just very long and there are several things repeated, which mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. In fact, that's a good thing. Right. And it um, reiterates a lot of things, but we just won't have time on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So go back and read it for yourself. Read all of chapter 24. Yes, absolutely uh, do that. Read all of chapter 24, but we're going to kind of go through it, tell summary story, and then hit on some highlights as we walk through this. Right. So remembering that what we said is true about Genesis 22, if that's Jesus on the cross forms the basis of that story. And then Genesis 23, 
we see the the destruction of Jerusalem is what we are it kind of everything if you will wrapped up in after Jesus is on the cross and then the slow disintegration deterioration uh, of Israel as a nation until we reach AD 70 and the destruction of Jerusalem all of that is kind of bound up in the death of Sarah the death of the mother of the promised son right and the that, first that, bride. as we yes the first bride as mm-hmm. we see in Genesis 23 and then she's buried though in the land and will be remembered there and it's a very it's a big deal and that's actually the first uh, culmination I, I don't think I'm using the right word um, of the land promise because uh, yes, Abraham but, purchases a plot of land plot of land to bury her first his first actual ownership of land comes right there and it's right, a burial plot yeah exactly first actual ownership of land in Canaan uh, and so the land promise is actually starting to be fulfilled right there in some kind of tangible way and then we move to 24 so now Sarah's not in the picture anymore and Isaac needs a bride and so the son uh, needs this the promised son needs this bride and the father is going to see to it that he gets one so that's where we are we start 24 40 years old roughly abraham's old Mm -hmm. yep and um yep he decides he better take if i mean yeah isaac is not supposed to marry anybody from canaan yeah that's i mean that's one of the first things we learn that's one of the first things abraham says we get into this chapter is that the father takes his servant who's the chief of his household aside we're not even told this guy's name yet we don't we don't have any idea who this guy really is but we find out that he's the servant who's the oldest in the household and had charge of everything that's in verse two and so then he goes through this little process telling him exactly what he wants the servant to do abraham the father is telling the servant exactly what he wants him to do and like you said he wants him to go specifically to his country and his kindred abraham wants the servant to go to his country to his kindred and take a wife for isaac it can't be a woman from among the canaanites cannot be which will we will hear reiterated later on again seems weird to us yeah but this is um i think more understandable on a spiritual level yes a physical just because we don't operate in these ways but yes um because we are talking, if we're really going to keep our, if we're going to hold our uh, same understanding uh, on a kind of a symbolic level that we've watched so far, and we don't have to go far to get there, because we've got the father and the promised son, and then the father sending someone out who's in charge of his entire household to get a bride for his promised son. Right. Let's keep that in mind. And then, like you're saying, he sends him out for somebody who's related, already in some way related to him. To the Abraham. One, to yes. Abraham. That's, the, that's who the bride should be. Somebody who's got a connection to the father already is who the father wants for his son. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we hear about that, and he makes a huge point out of that. It's a very important yes. point for the, for the servant to understand. The servant does understand that. He questions about, well, what what if she won't come back with me? Should I take your son to her? 
to which the father is very adamant about the fact in verse six, he says, see to it that you do not take my son back there. So the, when the bride comes, the bride can come to the son and live in his place, but he won't go live in her place. That's not how this works. He's not going to make his home in her place. She has to make his home, her home with him. Right. So, oh, again, another really big deal. So he makes his promise to Abraham, this servant does, and off he goes. He's go when he leaves, we're told in chapter 24, verse 10, he takes with him 10 of his master's camels. Which and, camels are uh, significant because yeah. they're telling us they're rich. Yeah. Essentially the Cadillac of the angel world. Right. He's taking 10 Cadillacs <laughs> and he's going to find somebody. He's got a know, big entourage to, yes, of Cadillacs and he's definitely. going to, yeah. He's show, it's a, Which it's we would definitely say a showing off. Yeah. I mean, of, of what he, let's say, I don't care if we say Lexus. I don't care if we say, you know, yeah. um, but whatever, best. Mercedes right. Benz, Lamborghinis. Um, but that's what he's got. And so... He's, he's got all sorts of choice gifts from his master, it says in the same verse. So here goes this servant laden with gifts. Laden with gifts and with an obvious display of just how much yeah. his master has. Mm-hmm. Yes, the wealth that his master has. He goes and he uh, goes toward this foreign country where his master has come from. He's hoping he can just be led by the Lord to the right place and the right person. Which is what he winds up praying in the very next part of the chapter prays for him to be given favor by God for God to show steadfast love to his master and lead him to the right person and the way he'll know he asks God if, if the way that he God will let him know is that when he sees a girl in this foreign place that when she's going to the well that day if he can just ask her will you give me a drink and she will be it, the one who says Yes, absolutely. Here's a drink. And then says, and let me water all your camels too. It seems like a weird thing, but yeah. Yeah. But this is what, this is the sign that he's asking for God that he might know that that's the one that God has set apart for him. And so sure enough, he hasn't been there very long. He barely gets his prayer out of his mouth. It says, had barely finished speaking. And then this girl comes out and tells us her she's Rebecca right then. He doesn't know this yet, but it tells us she's Rebecca. She comes out. She's drawing water. She's very attractive. We're told that she is also a virgin. We find that out in verse 16. So she's a very attractive virgin. Now on a spiritual level, let's remember what that would, how that would play out. You know, she's a very spiritually pure, very uh, attractive in a spiritual sense, somebody who'd be very attractive to God in a spiritual sense kind of person is what she would represent. And you were going to say something there and I'd cut you off. Do you remember? Uh, well, she is the granddaughter of Abraham's brother. Right. That is the next so thing we're going to very find connected. out. Oh, I thought we had already passed. No, no, we're, we're, but you're fine. That's exactly where we're headed. So we're finding this out about her. He does ask her for a drink and she says exactly what he hoped and prayed that she would say. She responds to him with that response. Hey, here's a, sure, here's a drink. Oh, and let me water your camels too. And then off she goes to do that. Now, what, what does that say about her? Well, 
I mean, to me, that says, I mean, he was the one who asked for this. Let this be a great sign that I can know that you brought her to me. He is. He seems to be looking for a woman with a tremendous servant's heart. Right. I mean, that's really what seems、right. to be being、really、put forth here. Can't tell you how many trips back and forth she'd had to.、Yes. She would have to make with that water jar to make sure she had enough water for all those camels. For ten camels. Yes. And they can drink drinking, a lot of yeah, water. Yeah, we're talking about around 50 gallons of water. And this has been a long trip.、So. Oh my goodness,、yeah. this is crazy amount of water she'd be bringing and、uh, back. And yet, this is exactly what she says she wants to do. And so she does do that. Now Abraham's servant is really, really starting to wonder. Okay, this could definitely be the one. Uh, that God has sent. He gazed at her in verse twenty-one in silence to learn whether this was the one that the Lord and that the Lord had prospered his journey or not. So then he he takes out some gifts, little bit of a you know precursor to what's coming, gives them to her, puts well, a I ring. I can't even tell if she if he gave them to her first or if he asked her these questions first. Yeah, it is hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah, I, I picture him hiding them behind his back. Okay. But he's got, yeah. Just tells us he's got the gift. So he's he's pulled out a couple of bracelets, got a got a ring, a nose ring,、uh, and he says, "Could you tell me whose daughter you are?" And then she answers, "I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor, just like you said well ago." And then our minds, our little antenna, go up. Wait a second. This is Nahor, Genesis chapter eleven, verse twenty-six. The brother of Abraham. He had a son. And Bethuel, and he had a daughter, and this is her, and so、yeah. that's who we're looking、perfect. at here. Yes, exactly how I know that may seem odd to us having that family relation when you're looking for a wife, but at that time and in that place, that was exactly what the servant was hoping to come across—not、uh, too distant cousin that would wind up being、uh, connected. And, and become this bride, so he's very happy about this. It says in verse twenty-six, the servant, the man, bowed his head and worshipped the Lord and said, "Blessed be the Lord." So he's very happy that God is prospering him in this journey that he's making. And then Rebecca runs off home and tells her brother, whose name is Laban, what's been happening to her, and. He now sees the ring and the bracelets that she's received. So the servant has given them to her now, and this just makes his now. Now he's the one who's excited, and he runs off to find this servant and says, "Hey, we are totally ready for you to come to our house. I mean, you know, I've made room for the camels,、yes. and everything is ready to go. We definitely want you coming over." Now this is an indicator to us of how Laban will act later on. Right, it's so very... interesting because we know <laughs>、yeah. how Laban is later. So this is an interesting window into yes, that yeah, yes, little foreshadowing. But he definitely wants the servant to come. The servant does. The servant agrees. He comes to the house, and they wash his feet for him, and they put food down to eat. It says in verse thirty-three. But the servant immediately says in that same verse, "I will not eat until I have said what I have to say." Yes, he's、and、got e- something eating, he really needs to ask them before he can. Before he can really fellowship with them,、right. I mean that's what eating was—very intimate time. You're really fellowship. table fellowship. You're really coming close to somebody. They're coming close to you. So he's holding that off. I'm not going to do that until I find out just exactly how this is going to、yeah. go. 
if there's going to be a real connection between us, if there's a bride here or not. So then he starts telling the story, and in the course of telling the story, he goes through verse 36, where he's talking about his master, his master's son, and how his master has given everything that he has to his master's son. And so the son has everything that the father has. In other words, these camels, all these riches you see, yep, this is also belongs yes. just as much to the son of my master as to my master. Right. And so John chapter sixteen verse fifteen is what that reminds me of, frankly, where the everything that the father has is mine. Jesus right. says. And, Exactly. So now we hear this note again about how he was told not to get a daughter from、uh, one of the daughters of the Canaanites, one of the daughters of idolatrous people. That's the master would not allow him to go there for a wife. He tells the entire story and just very very detailed about it. We really kind of reading now again what we've already read、right. before, which is why this chapter is so long because he、mm-hmm. tells the story over and over. Yeah, and yeah. just really really important that he gets these details in. He feels like, and so they should be important to us. And so he's he's. Watching and waiting to see if he's been prospered, he's telling him about that. How the girl came out and helped him. Now he's waiting to see if if、uh, the Lord has prospered him in the way that he hoped. And all these things have taken place. He gets to verse fifty,、uh, really verse forty nine, and says, "Now then, if you." Bethuel and Laban, so her father and her brother. If you're going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, to Abraham, tell me, and if not, tell me that I may turn to the right or hand or to the left. So, okay, there it is. That's the story. He's laid it all out for him. Now, this is what's happened. Are you going to agree that this、right. is a good thing and and let allow your daughter slash sister to it's, come it's with proposing, me? Yeah. Yep. Or not. Because you guys have it now, it's in your balls in your court. So immediately in verse fifty, Laban and Bethuel answer and say, "This thing has come from the Lord. We cannot speak to you bad or good." In other words, look, I don't, we don't feel like we can. We have a real right to say anything, except obviously this is God's will.、Right. It's a story you've told tells us that God is in this. I mean, it would be silly for us to say otherwise. So it says, "Behold, Rebecca is before you." Take her and go, and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord had spoken. And so, sure enough, that's they're they're willing to. Yep, she can become the bride of your master's son. Now, as soon as the servant in verse fifty-two hears this, he bows himself to the earth before Yahweh, and then he brings out all these gifts and starts distributing to first Rebecca all of this. It talks about how all these gold, silver garments. Gave them to Rebecca. I mean, jewelry, everything, just given to Rebecca. And then it says he also gave to her brother and to her mother's costly ornaments. So they everybody get, connected to Rebecca. Yep, those who are connected to Rebecca are going to be recipients of some of the gifts that get distributed. In other words, they're gonna they're gonna feel the the、uh, impact. impact. Yes, of her becoming a bride to the son. Right. They're going to get some of the goodness that comes from that is going to be falling its way over onto them too. So really speaking powerfully about what's going on here, and then he eats with them, he drinks with them. The next morning, he's saying, "Hey, let me go my way now." But 
they immediately say, well, wait a minute, we could wait a little while. How about 10 days or so before you go back? There's no need to go back so fast. And if you have a daughter and you're, she's gotten married, you know that feeling. Yeah. Just just a few more days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just like a little more time with it. Yeah. Yeah. Why say why how everything has to happen so fast? But the in verse 56, the servant is very clear. He says, do not delay me. Since the Lord has prospered my way, send me away that I may go to my master. So they say, well, let's call the young woman and ask her. And they <laughs> called Rebecca. They call the young woman. Yeah, exactly. It is. <laughs> and they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. So, hey, how about we wait a while before? Now, we know she's going to be. She's going to be tied to your master's son now, and that's good. We're all happy with that. But she doesn't have to do it right now. I mean, yeah, there could be a little time text. between, you know, now and then. It'll happen. It just doesn't have to happen right away. Again, Laban. The Don't says, forget this is Laban. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Always keeping people longer than they should have to work out a deal. Uh, and so, the whenever he does this, though, the servant is so adamant about it. No, it needs to happen right now. Mm-hmm. Once you've said yes, it's a yes, and we need right. to go Let and yes be with. Be yes That's yes. right. We need to go and be with. The bride needs to go and be with the son. Once she said yes, that's what needs to happen right away. We don't put right. it off. We don't wait a wait a while until we're comfortable before Which we, we change our lives. We see examples of that with you know people who were going to follow Jesus and yeah. Wanted to wait and bury their And they're like, look, or, I, I love, yeah. yeah, I love Jesus. I'm totally going to get my life together. I just, I need to get a few things in order first. I need to get a, so get a few. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm going to do it. But I just got a few things here I got to take care of. That is such a common, unfortunately, such a common thing. And they do, and they mean, in their hearts, they love Jesus. Yes. They want to be, you know, what he wants them to, but they don't have time to really pour into that relationship right now. I got a few things I got to get in order first. first. Yeah. He says no. Yeah, he says no. It needs to be done now. Now's the time. The Now's the time. That's right. They gotta the, move on. That's right. And so, <clears throat> Rebecca, though, luckily she says that. Look, it means today's the day. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'll go. So this is fantastic. She's letting her yes be done. Yes. The family blesses her and says, okay, this is great. She's ready to go. The family blesses her, gives her this wonderful blessing in verse 60. They hop on their camels along with some uh, handmaidens that she has and off they go. And then they ride all the way back. Which to, is a long way. Which would be quite some ways. I'm sure it took a few days uh, before they got there. And so whenever they get back, Isaac is out in the field, we find out. And he is meditating well, uh, in the field actually, toward a- evening. There is a well where he was at too. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Um, <coughs> That's right. See, I have written down what that meant. Bir Lahai Roy. God sees. Mm-hmm. Again, God sees. Yeah, another thing about <laughs> God seeing. That's right. right. Yep. And so, whenever he's here, and he's out in the evening, and uh, he's meditating, he lifts up his eyes. He sees camels coming. Rebecca lifts up her eyes, sees Isaac. And then dismounts from her camel. And she says to the servant. This is my favorite part. Who's that walking (laughs) over, walking in the field to meet us? No, she says, who is that man? (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Who is that guy? Who's that man? 
Sure enough, this is the exact man she's come to me. The servant says in verse 65, it is my master. Now notice the interchangeability he's just used with that word. Right. He's been saying my master so many times about Abraham. Right. Now he's directly referencing the son with the exact same word right. that he referenced the father. He is my master. And so then she took her veil, covered herself, and it says in verse 66, the la- uh, verse 66 and verse 67, last two verses of this chapter. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. And then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebekah. And she became his wife, and he loved her. And so Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. So the way it ends is with this new bride going into the tent of Sarah as it's setting up house in a way where Sarah had set up her house. And it's in this tent that the marriage is consummated. This is the tent in which he took her. And and the two of them became husband and wife. And he loved her and he loves her. That's Uh, probably the second mention of love. Might be, might be the second mention of love. I'm not sure. And so in this way, Isaac gets comforted after her death, a word that's used throughout scripture. Yeah, nakam, a word that's used throughout scripture to give us some typological indicators of this work of the spirit, the comforter, the one who will come and comfort. So for that to be here, now we have son coming together with bride forever, the bride having been won by the work of this one who is never named in this chapter. And that's where, that's where the, if we haven't gotten all the picture until now, then, oh my goodness, that's what's waiting for us to see. Because when we go back to John, uh, when, when we're thinking about John, we're looking in those chapters, verses four, uh, chapters 14 through 16, and we're hearing Jesus talk so much about the comforter there and the comforter or the helper we might hear like it says in my bible and many bibles uh very many times right through there jesus is giving this long discourse about the helper and what the helper will do well even though this guy is never named what i do know like we said at the very beginning was that he's the oldest of abraham's household who is in charge of all that he had that should take our minds right back to Genesis chapter 15, verse 2. Right. Where the chief servant of Abraham's house was Eliezer, whose name means God is my helper. Yes. God is my helper. And then I find out from Jesus. In, and he, that's got to be him because he's this trusted servant who Abraham mm-hmm. was ready to make his adopted son. Yes. To, right. For the promise to go through him because he didn't have a son yeah and so exactly right seems like it'd this, be this is only right, right that this be that one and so i get back to john 15 26 and it says in john 15 26 when jesus is talking about the helper when the helper comes whom i will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me 
Well, that's what this helper has exactly what this servant everything this helper has been doing. That's the whole. He doesn't even have time to say his own name. I don't want to say my name. He's not about saying his name. He wants to talk about the son, his master, and his master's son. That is what he wants to talk about on their behalf completely. Yes. Yes. Fits so perfectly. It's so perfect. So this is gonna, and this is basically the last thing we're gonna see in Abraham's life. In chapter twenty-five, Abraham dies. Chapter mm-hmm. 25, right as it begins, we have the death of Abraham. Right. So the last thing we see in Abraham's life, if it's a timeline, is the helper sent out into the world to get a bride a for the promised, bride. a beautiful bride for the promised son who lives with his father. Yes. And that you can go and live with them too. The bride can go and live with them too. Right. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I love it because, like, when we get to that, uh, you know, who doesn't love a great love story? Yeah. But when I get to that part where Rebecca's like, who is that man walking in the field to meet us? Yeah. And I and Isaac's looking up and seeing her. I just, I just know that's how we're supposed to see Jesus. We're mm-hmm. just supposed to be... <gasps> You yes. know, he makes our heart beat fast. That's right. Takes our breath away. We fall so in love with him. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so I love that. Me too. Story. Man, this chapter is so fantastic. It is so long. Um, but man, there's not a piece of it that's just not beautiful. And we, we hear so much typology in it. I just am so glad. It's one of the things I love about here. typology because each of these stories that we're talking about mm-hmm. are giving us a different view. Yes. Just a different perspective. Different angles. Yep. Of the story of Jesus. Yep. So. so here we have the story. <laughs> this is like the book of Acts in Genesis, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of one of the book, one of the places where you can find the book of Acts right. in Genesis. Um, really great to talk to everybody. One another, another great podcast. Remember to support us uh, if you care to. You can go to our website, eatscripture.com. Go to the go to the donate page. But otherwise, glad that you're here. Look forward to talking to you next time. Have a great week.